You may ask. How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions in the comments to our mailbag at letstalktorahgmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. I know in the last show I started telling you about up north, my trip. Uh, I just want to mention it because it is a great story. But the bottom line is, um, we just had our family vacation, and it's just the family, things that I think, that I hope um, the children will enjoy. And overall, um, we do pretty well with it. The children enjoy it. My wife enjoys it. I love it. Again, if there was something that we knew that the children didn't appreciate, like, why would we bother? Like, the whole trip. There's not a trip for me and my wife. There's a trip for the family. If the kids wouldn't like this trip, I wouldn't do it. So with that, I just heard a great... Story. There was a son in school. I actually think he was in high school. Um, he had a situation. Now the story seems to take place, um, I don't know, a good 60 or 70 years ago. So that puts it in the 50s, maybe in the 60s. There's already pay phones. So he calls his father. And it was obviously something was, was really bothering him. It's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He calls his father, but his mother is also in the store. So his mother picks up the phone, and he says, I want to speak to Daddy. Okay? His father gets on the phone, and he says, uh, what do you need? You know, I need to talk about something. So the father says, give me one second. Father comes back a minute later, and they proceed to discuss for the next 45 minutes this child's whatever situation, 45 minutes, Son was taken care of, and the father said, okay, very good. And the father went back to work, and the child went back to whatever studies, whatever he was doing at the time. That night, son comes home from school, and the mother says, you know, you could, the son saw that the mother was not happy. So the mother says to the son, do you understand what happened when you called? So the son says, no, I just needed to talk to Daddy. Like, what's the problem? You know how he said, wait one minute before he got back on the phone? Yeah. He says, he threw everybody out of the store. Three o'clock, middle of the afternoon, very busy time. He emptied out the store, locked the front door, and then sat on the phone with you for 45 minutes. When you were done, he hung up the phone and he reopened the store. So the son couldn't believe it, like, whoa. I didn't imagine that my father was closing the store for 45 minutes. So the son goes to apologize to his father to say, Daddy, I'm very sorry. I mean, it was important to me, but if I would have realized you were closing the store for 45 minutes, I wouldn't have called you. So the father says, why should you apologize? What's the reason I work? I work to take care of my family. You are my family. 
if my family needs something and my work comes first, well, then, I, then I'm backwards, right? My whole purpose of working is to take care of my family. <laughs> now my family needs help and I'm busy working. Uh, I missed the whole boat. I missed the whole point. How could my store be more important than my child? That is very strong. I don't think we have to take away from the story that that we drop everything, our child needs something, and we have to close up shop all of a sudden to take care of our children. It, it, unfortunately, we're not all in a position where we could just close the store for a day and reopen it tomorrow. Most of us do not, you know... <laughs> Almost whatever your job is, it, it's usually very not practical, unfortunately. But the concept, the concept that the father can understand, a parent can understand, that if the whole purpose of my working is to take care of my family, then if my family needs something, then I have to stop working and take care of the family. Before we go on, um, of course, to my dedicated listeners, I know you guys love the show and I do need your help. All right, let's help the show spread. Please go to my homepage, hit that donate button, leave your name, I give you a shout out, memory of, happy birthday, and of course, in advance, I do thank you. So this week's story portion is like the highlight. All right, the Jewish people were slaves. Moses comes back to Egypt, 10 plagues. We leave Egypt. The Egyptian army is in hot pursuit we are by the, the Yamsuf, the Red Sea, and here comes the Egyptian army. What are we to do? Now, you have to stop and think for a second. The Jewish people already know that, you know, Uncle Esau, right, Jacob's brother Esau, right, he's the fighter. And God says, Esau, you fight, you have the sword, you have the weapons, you you survive through your power, through your might. Jacob, on the other hand, Jacob, on the other hand, is going to survive through prayer. So if there's an army advancing, and we're not soldiers anyways, so it's automatic that we know that we should be praying. Interesting enough, interesting enough over here, um, Moses starts to pray. And God says, now is not the time for prayer. Now is the time for action. Sometimes, sometimes we need to act. And God's going to tell the Jewish people, march into the sea. And miraculously, the sea will split. And we'll talk about the rest momentarily. But I saw a story, and perhaps this story can, uh, can help us now. I do not suggest you do all the things that happened in this story. And many times what, we, what actually happened in this story, I know I'm giving a whole, I, I personally do not believe in giving explanations before I tell the story. But I want to make it very clear before I even start, there are certain things the husband does in this story that do not sound very nice. Um, but I, at my point is to get to the end of the story, not so much how the husband acted. So the story of the mother, she loses a child, and the mother is inconsolable. She is a complete basket case. She cries all day. She cannot get back to herself. The husband is at wit's end, and he keeps trying to tell his wife, you know, we, we got to move on. 
We just got to move on. So finally, um, they have a wedding. And uh, I guess the husband takes his wife outside. So just wait here for a second. Goes inside and locks the door. Goes to the window and tells his wife, your wedding clothing are by the neighbor. I am not letting you back into this house till you go to that wedding. You got to get out. You got to be with people. I know you're suffering. You got to do it. Anyways, so the mother goes to the wedding, doesn't want to be there, crying. And an older woman sees this mother crying, goes over to her and says, uh, you know, like, why are you crying? So the mother says, you wouldn't understand. I recently lost my child. I can't stop crying. I can't get over it. And you wouldn't understand. So the older woman says, actually, I understand quite well. You see, I went through World War II. And I lost 10 children in the war. So the mother says, did you cry? Of course I cried. So, so what'd you do? So I got to the point where I figured out that my crying over what happened wasn't accomplishing anything. And I told God, I said, you know what? What's done is done. I'm going to move forward. And I'm going to save my tears to help people who need my prayers today. Not over the past, but over the future. And that, she says to him, is I suggest you do the same thing. Of course you can cry. Who could tell a a mother who's suffering not to cry? But just understand, if you're going to cry anyways, forget what happened. What happened is over. Your tears aren't bringing anybody back. But you have a right to cry. Just cry for this one who's sick and needs prayers, for this one who, who lost a job and needs prayers, for this one who has a situation and needs prayers. Just go ahead and cry for a good reason for the future, not for the past. Almost, in other words, we do have to pray. We always have to pray, right? But sometimes we have to act as well, right? It's 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 two parts. I pray, but as we talked about in the last show, that the way this world is set up. I have to do action. I have to do stuff. I have to go to work. I have to plant my fields. I have to see my patients. I have to teach my students. Whatever we have to do, I have to fundraise so that there's money to uh, to continue the education that the school involved in. And she was talking to her that they're able to give the children. I have to act. I can't sit back and say, "God, send me the money," and uh, and I'll just I don't know. I'll have a bottle of water. We all have to be out there doing stuff. Even though in the end of the day, right, I need my prayers. It's only going to happen because God allows it to happen. But at the same time, right, I'm expected to put in effort. And that's really what's happening over here, right? Now, as the Jewish people have to pray to be saved, but they also have to do something, The doing something in this week's Torah portion is marching into the Red Sea. It's not that it's split and then they marched in. That big deal. You gotta even if God says if you march in, I'll split the sea. But you still gotta get your feet wet. You gotta be willing to march in. And actually they marched in the the it was up to their nose. 
And now there's nothing else you could do. You did all you could do. Now, now you can sit back and let God do the rest. Really, God does the whole thing. But, right, as walking into the sea didn't help it split. Right? So you didn't do anything. But you had to act. I got to pray. I got to act. And then I can rely on God. Um, happens to be fascinating. So we go through, we, we, um, the, 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 the Yamsuf, the Red Sea splits. So there were many, many miracles, while at the same time the Egyptians had all kinds of uh, hits, plagues, all simultaneously. We walk in, 12 tunnels. Each tribe has its own tunnel. But we shouldn't be nervous. So I can look through the water, and I can see people from the other tribe. You can see your friends. You can see your friends. If I'm thirsty, I can lean over. The water will melt. I'll get, a, I'll get something to drink. It seems there were fruit trees. The ground, what happened was that, like, by any sea or ocean, you get out far enough, there's a, 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 there's a big drop. There's, like, a shelf here, a, a deep dive. So... What God did was he didn't want the Jewish people to have to go all the way down. He, he, he congealed like jello, right? He made the, the water hard underneath, and then on top was like marble, so it's hard. So very comfortable. We, we walked across or marched across, who knows? At the same time, while all these miracles are taking place to make it very, very pleasant as we're traveling through the Amsuf, you know, kids always ask me, well, when the water split, what would happen if there was a fish that was in the middle? I mean, that's like kind of silly, right? God can make sure that the fish is not like stuck halfway in the water and halfway out of the water. Like, like why? Once you're doing a miracle, right? You may as well do it the whole way. But in any case, the Egyptians, on the other hand, they're going deep. And there's nothing hard. It's boiling mud. The mud is boiling. It's so hot. It is boiling the wheels, it's burning the wheels off the chariots. So now they're being dragged through the mud, bouncing around the chariot. Now really, really what should happen is that you bounce a couple of times, you go flying out of the chariot, but no. Part of the plague of the, of the miracles by the Amsuf were that the, the Egyptians were stuck inside the chariot. So they're bouncing and smashing into the walls, but they're not flying out like they should be. There's all kinds of noise, and there's all kinds of confusion, and no one knows where they're going and what's happening. And finally, the Jewish people come out. Now, we didn't go across, it should be clear. We did not actually head straight across from one side of the sea to the other side. We actually made a semicircle, because the whole purpose was to get the Egyptians to follow us into the water, and then we come out, the Egyptians are all inside, and then God will tell Moses, wave your stick and the waters will come crashing down. And even when the waters come crashing down, it's not over. The Egyptians, they, didn't, they ran the wrong direction. They didn't run out. They ran towards. Um, it's like God took a mixing bowl and he, he's stirring around in the Yamsuf. And it even says that depending on if you were a good, whatever good means. If you were a good Egyptian, so you died right away. You sunk like lead, it says. If you were an in-between Egyptian, you sunk like stone. 
But if you're a really rotten guy, you're going to be tossed up and down like straw. One of the things to focus on, right, that we've for sure talked about in the past is one of the things the Egyptians did when, when the Pharaoh and his advisors were trying to figure out how can we kill the Jewish people. So they said... We can't use sword. Isaac uh, stuck his neck out by the by the binding of Isaac, so they'll be protected from sword. And Abraham jumped into the fire. He'll be protected from fire. Let's drown them, because God said He's never bringing a flood to the world. And they understood that God always punishes measure for measure, what we call mida connected mida. So since. Um, they decided they could be smarter. The Pharaoh decided, I'll be smarter than God. God has no way to punish me. So God says, I have good ways to punish you. Don't you worry. I will, even though God only promised not to bring a flood to the world, and the Egyptians misunderstood, and they thought God won't punish a country through flooding, God says, no problem. I have to measure for measure you, throwing the babies in the water. I got to drown you. But I won't flood anything you will walk into the water on your own free will, on your own accord. That's why Jethro, our next week's story portion, is so amazed that he was part of that committee, and he said not to kill the Jewish people, but he knew what they were planning, and he understood their thought process, and he said, I didn't understand how God can punish measure for measure. How is God going to do it? And in the end, they see... The God was uh, very easily able to take care and punish. After we get through the Yamsuf, there's something called there's something called a song. In this week's story portion, we have the song Moses sings. Exactly how the song worked? Did did they all um, have like prophecy to know the words? Did Moses say the words and they repeated the words? Did Moses say the words and they said the chorus line? But whatever it was, because we were saved as a nation, so there's a, a special concept called praising God through song. It is so powerful, this idea of praising God, that if you ever, when you say, and we say it in our daily prayers, but when you say this, what's called Az Yashir, this song, if you can say it full of joy, so the Mishnah says, all a person's sins are forgiven. Why? Because this song is showing our belief in God. I can show my belief in God and be happy about it and be truly joyous for what God did. That means you, you have a connection with God. That connection with God will cause forgiveness for your sins because you are, you are praising God and it's coming from within. That's where the joy is coming from. Oh, and now the music is playing. All right. I hope you enjoyed it. Short and sweet. Thank you, of course, to all the wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you to my, to my wonderful production team. We have David in the back. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it.